Um, What's up, everyone? Welcome to Comic Thoughts. I hope you're all thoughting about. I'm joined by Sam Cripps. You may know him from the trending, the world-renowned Spawn <laughs> unboxing video. <laughs> over I'm a thousand. Joined, yeah, over a thousand. It has Oscar eligibility because there's no movies uh, for the 2020 season. Yeah, vote me for I'm the also Oscars. Joined, I'm also joined by Connor, the future voice actor for Optimus Prime in the Netflix live-action teenage adaptation of Transformers. What is this? That's his opening line. Netflix already has um, their Transformers show, and uh, I wouldn't be able to do Optimus Prime for Netflix because they really love hiring non-union actors. And then, uh, yeah, you're a union. Um, uh, I'm part of the union for where, where I work, but if I became an actor, I'd probably join the actors' union because right. they actually look after their uh, their members. If you're okay, Optimus, yeah. I want to be Megatron so I can literally do the Optimus Prime. <laughs> that's not that's not I'll, half bad actually. I'll be the transformer that transforms into a gun or a, a, that, that, a microscope. That was that the microscope was Perceptor. The gun there's like three or four of them. You're right. How the creepy is that? <laughs> Just staring in the corner. Sam, there's no child. Dun, 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 dun. It's just a, it's just watched. an empty doorway. It's just it's, an empty doorway, Sam. Just I don't watched. see anything. Yeah. Yeah. No My imagination. I, yeah, yeah, it is. So your imagination. <laughs> you, how old is your house, Sam? I'll come out and talk to you in a bit, alright? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? How old Nothing. is this house? Yeah. <laughs> 1930s. No, I don't know. I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Okay, so um, just rad intro, but uh, I'll quickly just got some things. First of all, before I forget, uh, Jackson had another thing, a question for you, Ashraf. Um, he wanted to know if you like Arkham Asylum, the, right. the comic, because he said you know how unpopular opinions we did the other week he straight yeah. said it's the shittest comic so what do you think apparently everyone raves about it but he hates it <laughs> everyone does like it and i think everyone sort of has a list of comics they tell people they've read but they've never actually read i think arkham asylum is one of those comics from me you've never read <laughs> Where, it yeah i've never read it i no, should I don't think it's I a good have. batman comic yeah i don't think i have i think if i did read it it was ages ago and i can't remember a single thing have you read it connor uh, I, I have not read it, no. I am not one of those people who pretend to, to have read a comic that just because it's popular. Because okay. it just gets you the shit. It's oh, like, yeah, oh, me what neither. What do you think? Nah. It's like, oh, did you read this? Yeah, yeah, no, I did. What would you yeah. think of it? Uh, I tell everyone, I've never read Sandman. Never read it. Probably never <laughs> no, will. Neither. Don't care. So I know everyone, the comments, if we get comments on this video, will be like, how dare you not read Sandman? But that you guys haven't read Saga, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so the next thing I had to jump into um, uh, is... Oh, first of all, it literally says in capital letters on my little note here, stir Connor up for not doing his goddamn job. Now, <laughs> the reason I've written that is because uh -oh. how did you go with ripping that audio on Saturday, mate? I didn't because what happened <laughs> yeah. was I... Uh, so there is Sam, some beef. So, so there you Sam, go. There it um, goes. Here's my explanation. So on Saturday, my most of my day was spent trying to fix the audio and video issues for the other podcast that I edit. And it just wasn't happening. Yeah, it just enough. wasn't going. So I was like, and the main reason I was focusing on that was because I actually get paid for doing that. Do you, this I do for fun. Do you so. want to tell everyone what the other podcast is? So then maybe some people that like this might find that interesting and subscribe and like that one. Okay. Well, okay. So it's called playing to win. It's over on the, my disability sport uh, YouTube channel. My disability sport is like a, um, it is a, uh, a non-for-profit organization that wants to help people in South Australia living with disabilities uh, connect with groups and communities and activities that they can do to help get them uh, healthier, happier and fitter. Um, like my sister, she's blind. Um, she plays tennis. She, uh, she also does cycling. Um, the guy who runs it, Tim Haggis, he's a blind cricketer. Um, so, and Playing to Win is just like an interview podcast series where we get people who are in the disability sector, but people who are disabled and people who work with them and just ask them about their experiences. Um, you know, talk to them about like, what was it like growing up? Where did you grow up? And what, how did you find sport? So yeah, cool. Um, yeah, um, well, now that you've done that little shout out, then I've got just <laughs> two last things to mention, and then we'll get into something a bit more, uh, fun, I guess. 
Uh, I've got. I want to mention Toy Power Podcast real quickly because I swear I've. Every time I tune into them, my name's mentioned for either selling them toys, uh, hating something, <laughs> or promoting something. Um, so they did their top twenty twenty on their last. Was the last one I heard was their twenty twenty the overall winner for like best toys, best movies, best everything. Blah blah blah. Go and check that out. It's really cool. Also, you hear my name mentioned, so you know, yeah, me. And I also want to say thanks to Terrorvision Podcast because they got me onto a movie I forgot about and I want you guys to watch it at some point as well. It's called, um, oh my God, Deathgasm. It, it's a horror movie based around death metal and black metal. It is so funny. It is super is gory. Is that set in New Zealand? Yes, well, it sure like, is. Yeah, I've, I've watched it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I fucking watched it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so it's not your thing, so I want you to watch it. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll check it out. Uh, I, I uh, say fuck both, fuck both those podcasts because they didn't mention me or Connor. Yeah, I'm more that. important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, I, I'm, the, I'm the spawn guy now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The sp- All right. So now the next quick thing that we're going to jump into is happy birthday, Ashraf. Yeah, I'm turning 23 today. 23? Yeah. Oh, you're a baby. And so he's got... Yeah. He's got three things there. He's got his the Christmas gift we said we'd give him the other week. He's got a birthday gift, and I don't know what the other thing is. I forgot already. But I want really you, as you open oh, each thing. I want I'm going to tell you why you got each thing. All right, so go for it. Okay, I'm going to open this one. All right. That's the yeah, that's one from Gamma Rays comics. Oh really? Yeah, that's from Gammas. From Ian, also, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say yes, he had nothing to do with it, but yes, <laughs> and it did say on the, on the bag, it did say enjoy these shit comics. Oh, does <laughs> somewhere? I think oh, yeah, so. happy birthday from Gammas. Enjoy this odd lot, yeah, it's much more yeah, toned yeah. down. What you say, <laughs> odd lot, yeah, that's me. This so. we have the Mandarin, true believers number one, Mandarin. This is pretty cool. Iron Man fights for his life in the castle of a madman. Now, that was put in there mainly because we just figured you hadn't read it. <laughs> I definitely haven't read it, no. Bizarre Fantasy. I put that one in there because it just sounds like a sex tape title. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Flashback Comics. Never heard of this at all. That's yeah. weird. Um, let's see. What else? Armageddon Inferno, a DC comic that I've never heard of. Yeah, that's why. It oh, it's Neil Adams, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally put in there because I was like, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. These are all good creators, though. Walter Simonson, John F. Ostrander, Neil Adams. These are all people I like. Before they became popular. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been just in the height of the popularity when they were just producing a shit ton of weird shit. That's it. Salem, Queen of Thorns. What is this? Uh, Hopefully your next indie. (laughs) I do like Boom comics. Number zero. GLA. Yeah, now that's a part of the series that I like that's got Squirrel Girl in it, but it's oh. the one where Immortal Man and all that keeps trying to kill himself. Um, so now you've got to try and hunt the rest of the series out. Oh, okay. Dan Slot made this. It must be good. Uh, what the hell? The Return of Lum? Loom? Now, look, I have no idea why I put that in there. I just thought it was funny as hell. It's a bit thotty. This, this video is <laughs> going to get demonetized now. <laughs> But now you have to read all them and give us a review on each book out of five. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the Elvis Mandible. Okay, this, what is this? <laughs> Straight up, it just said, I don't know, Michael Douglas was on the front cover and that made me laugh. So I was like, cool, <laughs> this is going in. Douglas Michael. No relation. Hmm. No. Oh, I read this. It's yeah. Alias. I love this. Yeah, cool. it's really good. I thought I'd chuck something in there that's actually worth reading. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I'm still eating. I, like the, I can't stop this big Back when B&B actually like wrote DC Comics. Mm. <laughs> he does He does sometimes write another DC uh, Comics. Right. I actually like his Superman run. Okay, I'm uh, this, this gift This gift is straight yeah. up the sexiest DC toy I could think of. Oh my god, it's a toy? Yeah. Oh no, you know what? I think I know what it is too. I, I don't know. This is. Leg. I think it's going to be a surprise. He, he might be pulling your leg. This is the sexiest DC toy I'm ever. Excited. 
Oh my god. <laughs> Mr. Freeze. I Primal call it. I actually fucking know it. I know it. Oh man, I love this series. It's so cool. I thought you you sold out of them. Oh, yeah, I have so cool. A little hidden stash of them. Who doesn't like a little bit of ice play in the bedroom? Of course it's sexy. <laughs> I think I got King Shark on my last birthday. That's right, you did too, actually. Yeah. I remember that. Put on your nipple, Man, give it a heart, give it a pinch. Look at, that. look at those thighs. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That's really cool. Pun intended. Oh. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> okay. Right. And the last one. Uh, let's open this last one. I was trying to find sexy undies, but I didn't have time. <laughs> I didn't realize you, you gave me more stuff as a result of my birthday. Yeah, well, you know, you can thank Bryony for wrapping them because obviously I can't wrap for shit. So she was like, let's make oh, them wow. nice. So she wrapped it Thanks, up. Thanks, You know, I will say last year during Christmas, I was really impressed with myself because I got really good at wrapping presents and I never could before. So it was like, it was one of those small little, yay, I succeeded at something so minor, but I'm so proud. Wait, I thought Santa wrapped them. I am Santa. That's the thing you don't get. Oh my God. It's a girl with no name. Yes, the comic I can never get rid of. I can never get rid of it, so I've given you a copy. I don't know how many times I've gone into the store and you've shown me this comic, not to sell it, just for me to look at it. Because <laughs> like, I want to open. I'm, I haven't opened one yet, so I figured at some point, Connor, I might actually give you one as well, dude, and we'll all open it at the same time and then just do an honest review on the spot. <laughs> oh, okay. Because this was a part of a weird. We'll go into it way deeper later, but this is a part yeah. of a weird. I don't know, kind of kickstarter fund or you put like yeah. you buy shares in a comic industry thing so vision m yeah, that's what it is yeah. yeah and it was that was part of the san diego comic-con exclusives that never actually really happened so i got it from obviously being distribution and stuff but it was a part of um i know ee got them entertainment earth so it was a part okay. of a deal with ee that i managed to secure those which right. no one wanted in the end so you know good on me <laughs> good on me for getting them <laughs> Smart never predict. Decision. You can never predict what the comic crowd will buy, honestly, especially in the Adelaide. No, no you can't. We have Firestorm. Oh, this yeah. is a this card stock behind it, so I assume it's valuable. Obviously. Obviously not. <laughs> no, but there's a couple there, isn't there? A Firestorm. Yeah, this is pretty yeah. cool. It's by Mandrake. Um, another Firestorm, Martin Stein, Private Eye, by John F. Ostrander and Mandrake. So what is your opinion on Firestorm, Ashra? Yeah, well, that's I gave it to because a DC character, I'm assuming you haven't read heaps of. I haven't read heaps of it, but I do enjoy the character. Um, John F. Ostrander put a lot of the characters in Firestorm into a Suicide Squad run just to kill them off. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, He is a pretty cool character. This version of Firestorm, though, I'm not familiar with. He looks weird. It's a good thing they changed his costume. Still looks goofy, but... Yeah, I know nothing about Firestorm. So basically, I've picked them out just because I was like, you know what? I know fucking nothing about this character. <laughs> Let's see if Ashraf does. I do. Firestorm yeah. is the, uh, isn't he the guy? He's got two separate conscious, like two separate bodies that sort of combine. Yes. Yeah. yeah so it's it. a scientist named Martin Stein. And depending on the version, it's a, uh, it's a um, big Lebowski. Yeah. Dude. Because I, I, all I know, like from the CW series, when I was watching that, I know he was in it. There was like there was the white one and there was the uh, the black one. one <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's about like, it. Quite yeah, that, that's actually the the modern Firestorm where he's combined with Jason Rush. Um, I think before that it was the it was just two white white people. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other white person was called Ronnie Raymond. Yeah. That's his yes. Name. Let's try yes, Ronnie something. What, what questions I, have you got? I want to, I'm right. thank, uh, first of all, I've, thank uh, you so much, Sam, for these gifts. I'll be sure to no read them and I'll give you <laughs> yeah. a review. I want to review uh, some of those terrible ones. I've actually got something I, I wanted to just ask because so I'm doing my Hellfire, um, my Hellfire Club Marvel Legends unboxing review thing sometime later this week. But I've done a bunch of research because I just didn't want to be wrong about anything I said. Um, and in that, I found something that I didn't know. And I'm curious how many people who actually read comics know this. The Hellfire Club. Did you know the about the real Hellfire Club, like the real life one? 
I knew no. there was a real life one, but I didn't know how involved it was with comics, and I don't know much about the real one. I just know that it so was the, a thing. The real Hellfire Club is a, like it's a catch-all term. It like it, it it's for a multiple different types of clubs. It's like a you know it's like the term strip club. It, it refers to some type of club. The original Hellfire Club was like uh like the the Druids of Saint some what Francis of Wycombe or something like that was the original Hellfire Club. Basically, it's for rich people. These rich people, they own businesses and they have political power. They meet these clubs. They talk about how great it is to be rich, drink a shit ton of alcohol, and just start fucking. Like, right, these, so where these... do I sign up? Uh, well, Sam, first of all, you have to be rich. You basically uh, have to be in the one percent. Um, he's almost there. Have you seen that spawn there. video? Yeah, I know, right? All the oh, money yeah. we didn't get from the spawn video. Um, but you basically, yeah. So these hellfire clubs—they are basically just rich people. They shop. They have sex, like orgies, fucking swingers parties, and gangbangs, and trying all these different kinds of like BDSM and kinks and whatnot, like just whatever they want. So it's basically just like Harry's practice. Because <laughs> did you know? Rumor has it that he was a swinger. What's I would have massive swing parties at his place. Never got mm. my invite, Harry. Come on, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's do this. I want to know. I want to yeah. know. I'm uh, dying yeah, to these questions because I wrote down answers for once. Ah, oh, uh, but oh, yeah. the, 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 the Hellfire Clubs in real life, they existed. Then the Hellfire Club we know was actually based off an episode of the Avengers TV show, the British one. Mm-hmm. Oh. so that the avengers tv show had a hellfire club in one of their episodes that was based on the real life hellfire clubs and then marvel comics um obviously the writers of the x-men like hey that's a cool concept they even got the whole chess theme like the white king and the black king and the white queen that came from the avengers tv show right. I, I thought that was so fascinating it also explains uh, i always thought emma frost's costume was just like implicit to be dominatrix like but now i'm pretty sure it's intentionally dominatrix like like straight up i'm pretty sure that the hellfire club is just a sex cult in the marvel comics were they actually called hellfire clubs yeah no that's the term hellfire club like it's actually oh. what they're based on and like even in the marvel comics it is stated that they are an offshoot of the uh, same um uh druids of state uh francis of wycoby um group so i'm pretty sure like you know, they, Emma Frost and Sebastian Shaw have seen each other naked on multiple occasions. Oh, that's definitely happened. Like, it's not even like I'm pretty sure. Like, it it has to be at this point. That's not. That's not the Bible. subtext. That's the text. Anyway. That is the text. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let, let so, Let's yeah. get into the questions. Uh, Sorry, first question. Questions. Speaking of long hiatuses, <laughs> have you ever taken a long hiatus from comics? If so, what caused you to do so? Sam. All right. Yes and no. It was kind of weird. I don't really know what the exact time frame was, but I moved to Adelaide, I think it's now about 10, 11 years ago. And I legitimately had, I don't know, maybe two boxes of comics at the time. So not that many, but there was some really good stuff in there. Like there was um, the whole run of like Death in the Family. Um, Oh, it would have been more than two boxes. I don't know. There's a, sh- a bunch of comics that I had collected over time. I used to get rid of a lot of comics. I'd buy them, read them. And because in Tassie, there was no comic shops at the time. I'd give them on to other people and they'd read them or whatever else. And I was traveling with a band. So I'd grab comics and read them. So when I finally moved here and I was like, yes, finally I can move somewhere and there's a comic shop and I can get my like regular supply. Um, actually, all my comics got destroyed when I moved here because they all got oh. water damaged because they came over on a boat. So oh I basically didn't collect f- comics for a while. I don't know how long it was exactly. But then I went to Adelaide Comic Centre and sort of started picking up just some trades and things just to read. And then I'd still honestly pass them on a lot of the time to other people for free. Just go, yep, I've read it. You take it, read it. And then I think it was my friend, Mr... Or it was Mike, I'm forgetting Michael's last name, but he, Towns. he, he, um, sent me a message being like, I know you aren't sure about where you're getting back into collecting sort of thing, but he goes, check out this. And he had the Chris Claremont Wolverine run, the mini series, the four books. Cause he knows that's my favorite four, three, three books. And they were all signed by Chris Claremont and all graded. And I bought the whole lot off him because I was like, this is too good. And I knew he had the statue and I've actually got the statue staring at me now. And about four or five years later, I feel like I bought the statue off him that after that long later, he actually messaged me being like, Hey, I'm moving to another state, take it. But without him giving me those books, 
I would not have got back in because I think just after that, it was just before New 52 had hit for sure. So I started buying up heaps of random stuff and older stuff, lots of spawn and things. And then from that, New 52 was sort of my way back into collecting in a, in a big scale. Like I reckon I got nearly a good 90% of what New 52 released. Wow. So, yeah, I think that's that was my hiatus though. The reason is because I had destroyed comics and, you know, because I got such random stuff because of no real comic shops in Tassie, it was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I got into that mindset. It was like, I can't be bothered trying to find or re-get anything. Like, it's too hard. And now I've now re-got every comic I had that I lost. Really? Every single one? Every single one I lost, I managed to re-get. You wrote got, them down? You catalogued them? Yeah, I had them written down. So I got all of the Deaf in the Family not too long ago. It was actually from um, a good friend of, that comes and shops in the comic store. He helped me out. I got the whole lot for like 150 bucks or something. Yeah, I, you showed me. Weird yeah. story, actually. The yeah. actual Death of the Family story, it's strange. Yes, well, that's my first comic book that I read that made me go, shit, comics aren't just for kids. Like, this is cool. I can get into this. And like, yeah, I can right. get into beef jerky. <laughs> and now everyone knows the rest of the story. You're part of a comics empire. You own a toy store. <laughs> I'm comic, comic crypt. Yeah. How about you, Connor? Did you take a long hiatus from comics? You know, yeah. When you asked that question, I was kind of like, ha! Because, like, basically, um, my hiatus from comics just ended. What? Um, so, basically, uh, start of 2020, I was still sort of popping into the comic shop and getting a few things here and there. But then sometime, I think I want to say it was around March, uh, a combination of just not having as much money as I used to, because I lost a couple of shifts at work due to COVID. Mm -hmm. um i also just didn't have the time now because even though i lost shifts at work uh with covid there were still um issues here at the household there were still things that were going on here in the house that i was dealing with um so between time and money i just never had the chance to go to the comic shop um and it just led to this thing where even when i got the time and the money back i just i was now out of the habit of going there and it was now feeling like it was out of the way i just thought you know what I'm just going to let this sort of happen. I'm just going to let you know, hey, man, I, I'm not going to probably come in the shop for a while. If you've kept any of my comics in, like, my pool bag, put them back on the shelf for now if you want, because um, thing, things I'm just things are weird. And obviously with right. the whole COVID thing, there was, like, a couple, you know, there's a couple small lockdowns and whatnot, and, hey, maybe it's not the best idea to go into the city right now. So I just kind of took all of that as, like, a sign of, like, just calm down because i've i've got a shit ton and there's some i still haven't read so just calm down you'll you'll get back into them soon just just calm the, down plus the, the whole yeah the big thing with that also with connor and i know i know this happened and it's i know it's frustrating that this happens but this is just me giving everyone a bit of advice just from the comic shop point of view if you have a standing order and you don't pick anything up for a month up to two months and possibly with some people we've even had three four months we don't hunt you out we're not going to try calling you and chasing you we're not going to waste our time we're going to take that we're going to close that bag down that means that your standing order is gone so if you don't contact us for a month unless we already know prior to that that you're not going to contact us or pick up your stuff we will put your stuff back we will put your stuff out and sell it because in the comic industry, one of the worst things for a shop is people not collecting standing orders. There is a, a guy that I know we've all talked about separate, separately before who's known in Adelaide as a bit of a pest. He had built up a giant collection at Greenlight. He built up a giant collection at Adelaide Comic Centre. And then finally, he did it to us as well. So he is now banned from every store in SA. And on Facebook, he's now known as a non-payer and banned from most places on Facebook. So don't, I just sort of say to people, if you, if you aren't going to come in for like a month or two months or whatever it is, just call your local comic shop. Let them know what's going on. If you can't afford it, call them and say, hey, look, unfortunately, some things have come up. I can't afford it. Put it back on the shelf because you don't realize that you're actually hurting that small shop. A lot of those businesses rely on their week-to-week -week pickups. So it's just yeah. it's just me just putting a little bit of information out there from the comic shop point of view. 
Yes, yeah. Um, I actually had to sort of like apologize to Ian, like, hey, I'm so sorry I haven't come in. I'm so sorry you haven't heard from me recently. Um, shit got bad. And he's like, no, that's fine. And I'm like, he put my stuff on the shelves again. He's like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's cool. Start fresh. I gave him a new pool list. It was much smaller than the one I had before. Um, and I slowly have gotten back in as of like, I want to say like October of last year, slowly getting back into reading more and um, just being back into this hobby that I did love so much. And I think partially a bit of burnout led into also me being like, it's okay that I stopped for a bit. Because I was on my Marvel high for like eight years. Like ever since Avengers came out in 2012, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Action figures, comics, merchandise, t-shirts. Let's fucking do this. Everything was Marvel, mate. Everything. Even his YouTube descriptions. Even his underwear. He's <laughs> thong. He's thong. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Just a big hammer. Sorry. Uh, whoever, can, <laughs> whoever can uh, lift this up, uh, may he wield the power of Thor. Oh <laughs> Craft in the middle of a star. It's really fucking heavy. Oh, oh my god. god. Astro, what about you, you man? You, you get it to the end, it makes a uh, thunder noise. Oh. <laughs> you get the. Uh, if you're not careful, you'll get the clap. Oh no! <laughs> the thunder clap. Thunder no, that's spray. what I do. That's what I do when I twerk. No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get that image out of your head, audience. Um, or, so or, for me, or keep it at the wank bank. It's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> we don't judge. Um, no, no, we don't. Much. For for me, it's kind of a strange story, or it's kind of maybe not strange. Maybe it's like a the story everyone kind of has. It's just like in 20 or 2009, 2010, that's when comics started becoming really edgy, both Marvel and DC. It's like Marvel had Ultimatum and the Ultimates focus stuff, and DC <laughs> had stuff like Identity Crisis or Infinite Crisis, where it focused on dark storytelling and people brooding and all of that. And at the time, I know Sam hates to hear this because I'm super young, I was a kid <laughs> and I was just not interested in reading about brooding superheroes and like like significant others of superheroes being stuffed inside refrigerators. I just wanted to read comics or fun because that's what I did in the library. I found colorful comics that was like uh, pre or post comic codes authority that were all brightly colored and very wordy, but they were fun. They had punching, but didn't have any of that weird pseudo philosophical um, edgy shit. And as soon as that happened, and I think a lot of people felt the same way because this is when Marvel went bankrupt or sold out to Disney. That's when I, I stopped reading comics for like the longest time until post New 52. And I just resorted to anime or manga and stuff like that. Stuff that was more in my wheelhouse at the time anyway. Lighthearted. Yeah. yeah You're very much a lighthearted man. You like your lightheartedness stuff. Yeah. As a kid, I was very sheltered from violent things. Like I would, I played Call of Duty for the first time Same. in 2012 <laughs> when I was like... <laughs> 14 and it gave me a heart attack i was like oh my god i'm shooting people there's blood it's so scary do you remember did you ever play the call of duty one where you open up into the airport scene yeah that was the yeah. one i played it was the Modern yeah Warfare wow two. that that is a pretty <laughs> intense opening scene well bye connor um that was yeah, he just, just, he just left is that he's like nah screw you guys <laughs> oh no 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 no. i was uh i was telling my bird was starting to get real loud so i closed my door uh oh I wow we're already you're already running out of time. We've got about 10 minutes left to go. So we'll just keep going. When it gets down to like three minutes, we'll stop and continue again. All okay, right. cool. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that you were like, you were 12 when you played Call of Duty because like my, uh, my grandmother ruined me because she, uh, um, she saw this movie. It was like, oh, puppets. That's really cool. That's going to be awesome. And, you know, Connor should watch it. I was five years old. She brings it over and she's like, yeah, watch it. It's Team America. Oh my god! <laughs> Team America. It's, like, it's got it's got puppets in it. It's like I think it's like MA or R rated. It's all like fucking shit and piss. It's all puppets being like blood everywhere and shit like that. It's like ah, oh, thanks, Dan. Also super like racist, <laughs> but like yeah. I mean, it's still one of the funniest films ever made, as far oh, as I'm concerned. What, but yeah, what was it? It'd be like nine eleven times a thousand. Oh my god! Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What about that? <laughs> Someone uh, told no, me it's... that the sex scene in that movie reminds them of the sex scene in 365 Days, that Netflix movie. <laughs> yeah, the same thing. <laughs> shot for shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, was like, whoa. All right, let's, are we jumping into the next one? Yeah, we'll sure. jump into the next question. Uh, do you want to cut it and then jump into the next question? 
We got eight minutes. How do you feel? Uh, I don't think, think it's possible. Probably... All right, yeah. you cut it. Into the next one. Yeah. Cut it. All right, I'll close it now. God, so professional. Cut it. It's recording again. We're back. <laughs> All right. Hey. So, Sam, what is your pitch for a good story featuring your least favorite character? My pitch <laughs> for my least favorite character. Obviously, you both yeah. know that I fucking hate Squirrel Girl with a passion. No. When was this established? Look, yeah, when was that? <laughs> she can put my nuts in her mouth and choke on them. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, basically, I am going to go with the death of Squirrel Girl. But I want it to happen in like i actually want it to be each panel is a different marvel character killing her so it's very like almost like short stories and it's just multiple ways of her dying so maybe we the mold so the multiverse we, right no, 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 we we have explicitly stated in chat that that is not the story you can go with good sir yes no well, but when, we explicitly <laughs> stated and you know what no if i were if, if transformers and power rangers got cut off from under me last okay, week done done all right it's not the death of squirrel girl it's the fucking of squirrel girl Oh, and God. it's gonna be each <laughs> each thing is a short story about how every character does it. And I want you to think about every character Marvel has that is in hell. It's starring all of them. In hell. All the hell creatures. I'm assuming I'm... we all know that Ghost Rider pees flames. Oh man. <laughs> one version of the continuity, my friend. Not even a good one. Hey, does like he flames? The multiverse death. Of Squirrel Girl is what I'm going for, and I don't care how that death happens. If I'm not allowed to say death, I'll find other means to get to her to die. <laughs> I'm just imagining Thanos with like anal beads, but instead of beads, it's like the the, the gems, the infinity <laughs> gems. But yeah, oh, and the fisting the the glove, yeah, of course. That's yeah. it. <laughs> that's yeah, straight up, it has to be. I can't think of anything else. But I, the way what I was going to say, and I'm going to stick with the death, just so I can word it a bit friendlier for everyone is that I wanted each page to be basically like one, two, three, four, maybe six, six uh, frames. And it's literally starts off with her being like, hello, Punisher. And then the next thing is him like capping her in the head. And the next bit is just him being like, oh, I shot her because she pissed me off. Then the next page is Spider-Man, like, you know, going to save her life, cracks her neck. And he's like, not again. And then oh the, my next, God. The, next, the next page is someone like, I don't know, it, if we're going to go full multiverse, let's get like all of the Doctor Strangers trying to save her from the multiverse and it just rips her apart. You know, something just, I don't care for that character at all. And I figure if we're going to make it interesting and something you're going to like, I'd actually pick up would be the ultimate death of Squirrel Girl. And it's her deaths through the multiverse. I think that would be funny enough and brutal enough that I'd go, you know what? I'd get this. I should make it a Disney Plus show. Yeah. Oh, no, they, they shouldn't. <laughs> yes, they, they shouldn't. should. Bo- both the fucking and the death. <laughs> I guess the death would follow the fucking. You, unless... could, probably, you could probably find the fucking on um, Red Tube, to be honest. There's cosplayers everywhere. Jesus. Only fans. Look at all you girls are only fans have just come up for a new, uh, a new cosplay themed <laughs> sales point. Squirrel Girl's 21, right? Anyway. Oh, I've got no idea. <laughs> she's, she's in college. Um, okay. We all yeah. had college experiences. All right, Connor, yeah. <laughs> your turn. <laughs> okay, so you asked for this, Connor. No, I didn't. I specifically stated <laughs> I, that I didn't want this in the chat. <laughs> specifically. Come on, uh, but okay, you got fucking. Who, who have you oh, got, man? So I had to think about this really long and hard because I. Uh, I have this weird thing where if I don't like a character, I can't even muster up hatred for them. And usually when I don't like a character, I actually actively seek out things that will help me. Like when I first like read a Deadpool comic, I actually didn't like it because it was like, I think volume three, where it was very comedy heavy. But then obviously um, then Duggan came along and done his stuff. All right. You're giving compliments. I'm hearing lots of compliments here. You're sneaking compliments. I couldn't actually, and I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't actually think of a character I genuinely Ah, oh, come on. Like. <laughs> I, I mentioned this in chat. I'm going to do it. I've gonna got hate suggestions. I've got hate tattooed None on of them my leg. Good. Come on, you can do this. No. If I can get hate tattooed on my leg really badly when I'm wasted, you can hate Skins Akon. and mud black. Racist jazz. Okay, so. <laughs> the Hawklings. So, like, what's the really funny thing is, all I thought about saying was, well, actually, original uh, an idea I originally had for a, a series on my YouTube channel before I moved over to Sam's 
was I would take movies that are so like poorly written or movies that could have been better and try my hand at rewriting them while keeping the basic framework of the movie. And so I was originally going to just give you my pitch as to how to completely rewrite Revenge of the Fallen, but then I realized that would take me about half an hour to explain how to rewrite Transformers Revenge of the Fallen to make it not a total, like, fucking mess. Um, but the, the thing is, I think the characters I would take would be the movie Transformers and just completely restructure their entire movie series because it's flawed from top to bottom and most of them are actually really poorly developed characters. Optimus Prime in those movies is not Optimus Prime. It got to the point where Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, straight up said in public, this is a bad movie. <laughs> so you're, like, you're, but you're still yet, you know what, by, I don't know, the end of this year, we're going to find you something to hate. Like, we've got to... What, a character? Yeah, you've got to unleash some frustration upon a character, and <laughs> not in a sexual way. Uh, I, I, can, I can unleash frustration upon, like, Skids and Mudflap, but I couldn't write a good... I couldn't write a good story around them because uh, yeah, they are, good. They it's are, easy no no it's easy I, yeah. It, yeah no it's easy if you just want to kill them sam no i was gonna <laughs> say they could have like a they could get woke and realize that yeah <laughs> they could face the repercussions of their actions yeah. in the post social media society there we go and yeah, we've just as a result they could change their behavior yeah we did yeah. it we did Ashraf, we did it. <laughs> we fixed your <laughs> we fixed your pitch for you there mate yeah. my, my the pain i feel is is enormous it'd be called right dear white transformers or dear oh come on <laughs> yes <laughs> 20 transformers why yeah no 30 transformers terrible. why whatever it is yeah all right um uh, okay 13 yeah? reasons why i think it's that's the it. show you're trying to 13 open. transformations why um but hey, you know what? Now that I've mentioned it on this YouTube, uh, on on this episode, uh, I might actually go ahead and do that as as the series, like just basically rewrite terrible Skids movies. Skids and into a Skids. socially conscious TV show. No, not yeah, that at I all. Want, no, we want yeah. that. That's what we want. Yeah. Now. This is what we're. Look, you've got two requests: rip the audio and write out a script for a good TV show starring <laughs> those two characters. You, yeah. you, you wound me, good sir. You are putting me through pain right now. <laughs> This episode's just going to be like the outtakes of this episode is just going to be like, how many times did Connor do this? Yeah, Connor this episode is brought to you by Skids of Mudflap. <laughs> That's from the sex tape. <laughs> Skids of <and> Mudflap. <laughs> my, my mate told me that for some, I don't know why he came up with this. He told me my autobiography would be called Wriggling to Get Free, the Connor Kennedy story. I don't know why. That's so rapey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashraf, let's hear it. Let's hear All right. it. So it's it's modern day right now. It's 2020. We're in the midst of the pandemic. It's 2021, mm. but yeah. <laughs> it is 2021, but in my pitch is 2020. Okay. We're in the midst of the pandemic. And someone recently gets released from um psychiatric um polling or whatever. And it's Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. And he's back into the world during a pandemic. And it, <laughs> and he's starting to realize the world has moved on from him and on to COVID conspiracy people. And this, the first Joker movie, examine how society can make these sorts of uh, maniacal, sadistic people into leaders and into symbols that people can can rally behind. And this this next movie will show how in 2020 the types of people that we rally behind the the toxic the um, Trump the yeah the Trump like figures the influencers who are anti-vaccination, anti-wearing masks and all of that are, are the new Joker. And Joker has to, to reconcile himself with that. And then this new figure who people are rallying behind is a rich, reclusive millionaire who fucked a bat. And that's why COVID-19 is a thing in 2020. And he calls himself the Batman. That's right. <laughs> Bruce Wayne returns and he's an adult versus Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. <laughs> I would. I mean, I love the original film. I know you hate it, but yeah, I love the Joker film. Thought it was brilliant, but I actually wouldn't mind watching that film. <laughs> I Honestly, that. I I do love the idea that the sequel to the Joker, the movie that discusses how figures like that can be brought into power, is a is a is a movie that discusses how figures like that fall out of power and how they have to deal with that. Like that's actually a really interesting concept. Yeah, and, like, and we saw the rise of the just moves on to the to the next. It's when like a gone, rich billionaire yeah. who's reclusive who likes to fuck bats. What do you think the next thing's going to be? Idolize. Like, huh? you know, there's, the first thing is like, you know, part one, 2020, the bat got fucked. 2021, <laughs> part two, 
what animal's getting fucked next? Like, what's <laughs> what's going <Pangolin>. to <laughs> naked mole rat uh, disease? Well, squirrel girl. That's the that's the evolution from that, right? Oh, good it's god! Bat to the squirrel. Oh. So we can connect it. It's a crossover across multiple universes. That's it's, the first uh, Marvel and DC crossover. It's squirrel just, girl it's and just called Twenty Twenty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's our Batman. That's good. And this Bruce Wayne would be like an Elon Musk type character where he has a lot of money, but he's fucking crazy and stupid. So you just Elon Musk. Um, so, Kinda, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I want to I want to jump forward next. I'm really excited for the next question because I know I kind of know what you're going to say, Ashraf. I have no idea what Connor's going to say, and I'm wondering if Connor's, if he happened to read it, would be the same as mine. All right. Uh, so you want my answer, or Ashraf? No, I want I want Ashraf to oh, no. say what it is. Uh, I'll 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 ask the question first, right? Okay. So what was the worst event comic you've ever read? So I'll answer first. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Okay. So the worst Venn comic I've ever read, and this is something I've read. I've never read Ultimatum. We talked about it before. I've read Civil War One, the first Civil War by Mark Millar, the one that they turned into a movie, and they took nothing from that story except for the um, accords from. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and even I then, didn't the like it. Were different. You didn't like the. Yeah, comic. they were way different. I don't. I don't like it at all. Oh, it's I love like that book. the only good thing about it were the Spider-Man tie-ins, and but the main comic was so weird because like. It had everyone being so out of character because the, the main conflict, which is Iron Man versus Captain America, like the way to get them to have a conflict, you had to write one of them to be like wrong. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. To be yeah. a, a uh, borderline see, Nazi. What did, yeah. did you see? I don't think he, I don't think either of them were wrong. Okay. See, here's in I the actually, movie. I didn't think either oh, of them were wrong. In no, the comic, think, okay. it was now in the comic. I even think that there's, uh, there's definitely benefits to both sides for that story uh, okay so i actually have to be on ashraf's side with here so basically at the beginning i would have agreed with you sam but as it kept going along either iron man or captain america would do something that just made me go even in the most extreme of circumstance this is not an action that they would have logically taken exactly and like, they're not I, the only characters who are out character in that story either no exactly then, like yeah if it was just well, the characters being the same regular, hee-ha, like they always are, we wouldn't read it in the first place because it'd just be another yeah, boring... But, but the movie proves that that can be accomplished. Like, Iron mm. Man is still Iron Man in the movie. Captain America is still Captain America in the movie. They just have different ideals. It's yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. You so can like, still have a conflict. I think, I think the most egregious thing that I can mention, like, Iron Man starts imprisoning people in the negative zone in VR chambers against their will. Like, that is, like, some next-level shit. <laughs> Like I'm literally because you because you were born this way and you didn't sign a piece of paper. I am now going to physically remove you from your own dimension and shove you into a VR chamber where you will be there forever. Yeah, but if that person. Not, not to mention the fact that Iron Man teams up with supervillains to do that. <laughs> if, if that person is a nuke, though, like you don't want nukes walking around. You don't want yeah, don't what, what, just, nuke, just, is, nuke is in the character or nuke is in the weapon. As in the you know, like I'm talking about their superpower level. Like if you've got someone oh, okay. that is legitimately like a walking around nuke, you don't want that person walking around, admittedly. No, yeah, but like I mean, like yeah. what he what he's doing just seems so far gone from like because don't you know, even in the comics Tony Stark isn't, you know, the, the highest moral yeah, but he's character, a, but he's still a drunken asshole. You never know where he's gonna flop and flip in the comics. If you read like if you talk and Iron Man all the way through. He does some really sinister shit throughout his runs. Not to that extent. Plus, you've also got to remember, like, he was backed up by Hank Pym and uh, Reed Richards, who are now both saying that, yeah, this is the right way to go. They went as far as to make Ragnarok, the the, the Thor clone, as if that wasn't, like, kind of yeah, crossing a line. Mm, I don't know. I need to reread it, I think, now. I'm going to... I'm gonna. I still reckon that was an amazing book, an amazing comic. I could never call that That's, a shit, yeah. a shit uh, event, I guess. Who's gonna I go think next? it just seemed contrived to me. But like, th there was also other stuff in it that made me... I'm just watching... Me think sorry, it wasn't good. I'm watching the time. Yeah. Who's going next? We, we, we've got to... Okay. Oh, yeah. um, okay. So mine is still Ultimatum. Like I talked about this before. This comic is the drizzling shits. There is literally an entire plot point where... I believe it's Valkyrie dies. Now Valkyrie was just introduced in this comic and she dies. So Thor, during the middle of this worldwide crisis where Magneto was doing his shit, goes to the world of the dead, 
kills a bunch of dead people in the world of the dead to get Valkyrie's life back, sacrifices his life so Valkyrie can have her life back. She then goes fights Magneto and dies. All in the span of five comics. Good. It is literally useless bullshit. I don't that think I've actually nothing. read that. I don't think I've oh, read that. Oh, it's terrible. This is this is the comic where Hank Pym eats the blob. Oh, wow. Because the blob, because so the blob ate the wasp, so he eats wasp, and then in response, Hank Pym turns into giant man, and then just the blob. I don't remember this. Who wrote it? Reread it. Oh, who did write? Uh, you know what the funny the thing is, like everyone pretty much um was saying that um this guy he had just lost his son oh. um when he wrote ultimatum so he was going through some stuff uh jeff Loeb. oh, oh wow I need, I need to get a copy of that because i think i've read it but it's now sounding parts oh no i need to reread a lot of this stuff because obviously i've read a lot of this stuff when it came out and how long ago was that now uh ultimatum was like 2010 10 years ago yeah, it might be. Yeah, it was. It, it was over. It was over a decade. It was over a decade ago. This, this is like the worst comic I've read in in so many, so many regards. Well, and it's pretty much the point you could go where the Ultimate Universe went from here to here. I actually think I can beat both of you with the worst right. with the worst event ever. Because do either of you remember reading or caring about Convergence at all? From I didn't care about it. I didn't like mm. it. <laughs> no, so both of the comics you've mentioned, I would happily read. Yeah. Convergence was the biggest piece of shit that has ever existed, and this is why. Convergence came when DC were moving headquarters, and that was their excuse for it being shit. But what I think is, there's two levels to this. So there's actually a clever thing right behind it. So Batman and Robin Eternal comes out, amazing run. But in the background, there's a villain about Brother Eye and basically AI intelligence taking over the world. That story for Brother Eye followed through nearly, it was in the background of nearly every New 52 comic and pure luck, I'd read like all the connecting stories for the Brother Eye thing and it all tied up, it went into convergence and that was borderline all because of Brother Eye in the background and then after convergence with Batman Beyond's series after that for Rebirth in about 25 issues in or something like that, that's where it actually finished. So you've got a story that hides in the background about Brother Rye that went all the way through New 52, all the way through Convergence and Future's End and all of that, and then finally finished in Rebirth in Batman Beyond. So that's a massive story. And that's a, yeah. honestly really well done, really amazing story. I wish they'd put that all into a collected edition so you could actually follow it. But the problem is they did Convergence around that story a bit. And them throwing a bunch of stuff in and around something that means nothing to anyone. Like the whole thing, every character that is in that has no reason to be there because that story is directly tied to Batman and Batman Beyond. Nothing else is needed. Nothing at all. It's just fucking stupid. Just a waste of time and money. So, yeah, that's weird. If, if they turned around and said, you know what, we're going to release a Brother Eye Omnibus, then I'd be like, cool you've actually made this worthwhile. But because they haven't, and they just did Convergence as that random event that only tied in one story from start to finish, and it was more like a, by the way, this is happening at the same time, and no one else that's reading it knew about Brother Eye. Like, I've told so many people, even in the last couple of years, I've told so many people about Brother Eye's story and how it all plays out, and they're like, holy shit, that sounds incredible. And I'm like, yeah, but you have to read, like, 12 different series to get that yeah. story over multiple years. Like it's insane that they were clever enough to hide that story in there, but also sad enough that no one, you know, no one ever made that public enough and they used convergence as their big title and it just fucking, you know, useless. There's no point for its existence whatsoever. I know it was a part of them trying to clean up their timeline, but yeah, it just it didn't do that either. It just kind of made everyone a little bit more confused, I think. Yeah, I think mm. it just brought back the multiverse for people who were clamoring for it. And the only good thing about Convergence was that it brought normal Superman and a kid that Superman had into the main universe. Yes. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah that like was post-crisis like, Superman. Uh, with the effects of, con like, let's say Convergence happens, and I'm not talking about all the Brother Rye stuff that's around it. 
convergence happens, you know, I think it's after futures end and all that. And it doesn't really give you anything like convergence gave you nothing. Like when it finished, you were lucky enough that the Superman kids story became sort of canon. But other than that, it gave you nothing. Like there was no big reveals from it. Like at least um, Civil War had some really big reveals and some like big changes in the way that the Marvel universe was kind of working at the time. Yeah, Ultimatum was pretty rough, but at the same time, there was consequences for it. Like it followed on into other stuff nicely where convergence yeah. just sort of went <laughs> they're like oh we've done a, that it was a nothing event oh, yeah, con- yeah. convergence teased the fact that oh infinite universes exist maybe there's, yeah. hey. there's actually more than 52 but then we don't know not. what happens yeah, we, yeah we've gotten our own rules <laughs> yeah all right that's right. my rant that's my rant yeah that's fair enough as someone who is never really who's someone who's like more of a marvel than a dc but is still like has a like a sort of a touching love for dc um, the, the multiverse stuff of DC, I, I will not stop touching it, Asher. You can't, yeah. you can't stop me from touching it. No matter what you, you do. If you stroke the DC too hard, <clears throat> you go blind. Yeah. That's what um, my parents used to say. So uh, the, the multiverse stuff has always kind of thrown me off, like, because it's like, it seems like there's so much to sort of just figure out as far as like timelines and stuff like that. It's just, I've never had the time to sit down and just go, cool, Earth 1, right. Earth 2, Earth 3, Earth 4. Let's jump to the next so, question because we are yeah. getting pretty pretty close to time up, really. Okay. Aww. So, how should the future of comics distribution look like in a COVID normal world, Sam? Can you You're in the that, trenches. You're in the front lines. Can you say that again? How should the future of comics distribution look like in a COVID normal world? Like in a post-pandemic, maybe another pandemic is going to happen again. Maybe okay. we're going to have to put up with COVID-19 for another few years. I believe no matter what happens comics should be on shelf every thursday in australia minimum or wednesday singles and collected i think that people like yourselves who have subscriptions at local comic stores if for any reason you can't come out or in lockdown or whatever there should be rules that allow me and ian to go to the shop package them up and do drop-offs. As long as me and him are fully healthy and have been tested, I believe that should be fine because otherwise you're stuck at home with, you know, I don't know, that sense of new things and whatever else. I just believe that comic distribution should be from the companies straight to the comic shops and then straight from the comic shops to the fans. Digital, I don't like personally, and I have a real problem with... um, a lot of talented artists and writers lately constantly promoting online more so than anything. I even commented on Tom Taylor's Twitter and said, because yeah, he just constantly posts about how everything's online. He's got online exclusives online, online, online. And that shits me to tears and I will never buy any of his online stuff. As much as I love his work, I'm a big fan. I'll never buy anything he does unless it's in a hard copy from a comic store. Um, because I will not like buying online hurts the, you know, the, the business. So what I uh, did is I actually commented into being like, Hey, show us your local. And he had already done that recently on Twitter. But the problem mm. is that's all well and good that he's posted on Twitter. And I only, I've only just started using Twitter again recently. Um, but you look at Facebook, none of those artists or people, and I don't even think I've seen it from Tom. So sorry, Tom, I feel like I'm calling you out here, but, I haven't seen anything that says, this is my local, this is what I buy, this is what I'm into. It's always just buy my book on Marvel Unlimited, buy it on DC's downloadable, whatever. Don't do that. Fuck those downloadable contents. Go and support your store because when you're in lockdown next or you're stuck somewhere, your guys in that store are suffering as well and they're going to try and help you as well. Like we posted so much stuff in that last couple of lockdowns. We've lost two lockdowns, even that three day lockdown, we were getting stuff out as quick as we could just to try and make sure that people had stuff to read if they were stuck at home. So yeah, I just think that Very comics good. Thursday to store, then the store to the customer as best they can do. That's, that's it. That's the distribution. That's the way I see it. How about you, Connor? Uh, basically my situation is I, I totally agree that 
in a COVID normal world where we're either post-pandemic or COVID's just a thing now that we have that happens and we have a way to cure it and whatnot in that sort of world um comics like my hope is that they the comic stores remain uh commonality and even get bigger than they are now like start to grow again and start being a big industry where you can you know you know you and your mates do read hardcover comics uh but like i can't help but be in that somewhat negative mindset of like if this keeps going like it's only going to push companies to more and more want to do digital versions of all their comics it's only going to push them to do it more because it's going to be like well we don't want to deal with the shipping issues that we've been dealing with because companies aren't exactly getting um you know when when the comics can't ship or the ships aren't moving or a whole country locks down you know it's not exactly great for business but if you could just go well we're going to put it on the net and everyone can access it if they want and i'm not saying i want that i'm just saying like it's it's the the, the scary idea is that comic companies just going to go we're going to start moving away from uh to from hard covers entirely now because DC. there is yeah <laughs> dc like, yeah. Uh, dc straight DC. up are trying to move away from print media they're pushing digital yeah. super hard um they've done a lot of stuff that they claimed that their new shipping services because they left diamond was going to help shops complete opposite it might have helped the shops in america be a bit cheaper it was a it, it hasn't really helped anyone in australia or anything like that that's just added more shipping fees on top of things and more confusion they show up on different days sometimes the comics arrive monday sometimes tuesday hell sometimes they don't arrive at all because someone steals the package um yeah it's just honestly dc have done nothing to help i honestly think that dc comics are just fucking wankers at the moment like straight up if you love comics and you are not sure if you like want to be into marvel and into dc i'm going to suggest that you get jump onto marvel single issues get all that marvel stuff you can straight every thursday and then for dc you know what i don't know it's up to you i kind of i'm torn because i'm like i hate them that i don't want people to be giving them money but at the same time if you don't give them money they won't keep making single issues so that's where i'm stuck because i straight that's up too. yeah i'm like i don't support them because they've been assholes but then but also <laughs> you need to yeah so i almost want to say don't support dc online at all keep away from dc digital everything dc online digital anything like that that isn't in your hand that you can hold keep the hell away from it it, it the best you can just because it's just them trying to basically skip everyone else and it will get to the point where dc will sell direct to bookstores and direct to supermarkets or target so you won't get that friendly customer service that you like from your local shop guy. He's going, you know, check out this or whatever. It'll be a very cold, sad industry if, if DC get their way. Hey, 70-year-old girl who only just got this job last week, what would you recommend out of all these 50 comics? This one's got a picture yeah. on it that's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think you know too many 17-year-old girls. I, I don't know, man. Look, just buy whichever one you want. You've been here for 10 minutes. Uh, i got to yeah. serve someone else. Yeah, I gotta say somewhere else. Yeah. What about you, Ashraf? Have you got any any idea? That's a very passionate plea from you, Sam. And I, I honestly understand it as someone who works in a small business, like the backbone of the comics industry. But like the way I see it, and I do agree with you, I think DC has been doing a lot of anti-distribution um, models that are, are really pro-consumers. Like the consumer wins, but as a result of this, comic stores are going to suffer a lot. And okay, he, uh, I don't no, think the I, consumer wins. I actually think if you get it to the point where they where they want it to go, where it's bookstores and places yeah. like Target, I think the consumer will start losing. Because imagine the condition of the books. They're going to arrive. They're going to have people that don't give a shit about them. Throw them on a shelf. Like, just scattered out. You're not going to be able to get your standing order set up because it's like <laughs> Target. They're not going to do that. <laughs> Have you ever gone to like the magazine stand at like a local shopping, like at Coles? Like you go to the magazine stand, like half of them have rips in it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like half, so, the, half the magazines are damaged. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I was not so much talking about that part. I was just talking about the fact that DC is trying to make digital as easy as it can be. Oh yeah. To the point where their their DC Universe service is now going to have comics uh, six months after they come up. So, like for example, Batman number one came out six months ago. You'll be able to read that on a DC Universe instead of going to a comic store and buying a comic. And that sounds good for the consumer, but in terms of comic stores, that's a huge blow to them because before this, both Marvel Unlimited 
and DC Universe had a one-year wait. And now Marvel Unlimited is following suit. And now they're going to have a six-month wait. And they cut it down again. So it's three months instead. So Marvel's not really on, on the side of the comic stores either. And slowly, I think we're going to look at a more digital-focused market as a result of this whole pandemic and, and uh, the distribution models. I think the, the fact that they changed from Diamond was good. But the fact that they changed to like uh, UCS and Lunar... Uh, UCS is idea. gone, I believe. They're shut down. Yeah, yeah, they dropped them. So it's just Lunar. Because okay. no one knows about them. They're, they're actually both comic stores. Why would uh, you have heads a comic up, store we've distribute got comic nine stores? minutes left. Yeah, so, so anyway, bottom line is we can't avoid digital distribution because of safety reasons. If we're going to do it, we should allow comic stores to have prepaid cards in them, just like how GameStop has like uh, Steam cards or PlayStation Network cards. At least that way, the comic stores get some money have some kind of system like what EB Games does where it's like, look, we may not be the dominant Let's... brand of selling games anymore. Yeah. Jump into that main something. Last question, well, right? I was gonna I was gonna ask something about this question. Do you think it's Disney or do you think it's do you think it's Marvel and DC pushing these changes? Or do you think it's groups like DC, uh like Disney and um Oh it's, it's Disney and AT&T, definitely. Yeah, it's Disney not and DC that's doing this. Yeah. 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 You think they're pushing for that change? Like they're like our bottom line is saying that it actually costs yeah. way too much money to make these hard covers. We could Both Disney and AT&T are losing so much money because the pandemic and everything. Disney from the theme parks not being open, AT&T from everything. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. do this last question. We have to move on. We have to move on. Okay. We've got eight minutes. What comic has had a positive impact on your life? Go, Sam. All right. Um, I've got two. So I'm going to say uh, The Death of Robin because that got me into comics. I know that sounds sad because it's the most brutal comic, but it got me into comics. And then I'm going to go with the Wolverine Chris Claremont miniseries because that got me back into collecting quite heavily. Oh, wow. So they both you, made me positive. Uh, it's it's a bit of a weird one. It's the um, it's the all new, all different Marvel run of Old Man Logan. Um, is mine because I basically I think I read the first one digitally and thought, oh, I really like this. I want to get some of the, the actual hardcover comics for this. And so I looked up uh, the comic stores near the TAFE I was at, and the one that popped up was um, Gamma Rays Comics. So I'm like, that's the nearest one because it was uh, just off Highland Street at the time. So I went there. They, you guys had the, the, they had the first three issues of Old Man Logan there. That was the day that um, Wally was in to show Ian how the shop worked because Ian just bought the shop. So I met Ian on his first day at Gamma Rays and I uh, bought three comics from him and I was a regular ever since. And, you know, wow. obviously through him, I've met Sam, I've met you, Ashraf, I'm doing this podcast now because of it. If I didn't want to get those three issues of Old Man Logan, because I loved the artwork so much, like that all new, all different uh, lo uh, Marvel Old Man Logan comic, the artwork is beautiful. I uh, wouldn't be here right now, essentially. <laughs> cool. All so, right. yeah. I'll try to be really quick. You okay. got six minutes, mate. For me, it would be Batman Rebirth number 12. Batman is always uh, my favorite superhero, but I was always embarrassed to idolize him because no one can be Batman. He's to the point where he's almost a god because he always wins all the time. I think this story by Tom King recontextualizes everything from Batman's birth to death to, to his whole comic run and makes it so... It, it modernizes his drive for justice and how he's an engine that turns um, despair into hope. And I think everyone should read this because like um, it focuses on the mental health aspect of why he's doing what he's doing. Also, I, I got this I from read that. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I think I have read that. Yeah, it was good. It's pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> um, I'm going to give an honorable mention real quick also because we're talking about things that like comics that make you feel good and whatever else. And I completely just zoned in on this in my head because I struggled to find something that I went, you know, a comic that made me feel. So, you know what? <laughs> this is actually really funny. Deadpool, I think it's 11 from the current run 10 or 11 whatever the rest in peace stan uh label one is and it's got deadpool in the front on the roller coaster that one means a lot to me because i'm in it because i got all right in, i got a letter yeah, in there. yeah so that made me feel super happy and excited and you know appreciated and at the time it had the right amount i think my comment said something like the right amount of deaths and f-bombs because it got back to deadpool with you know the cursed out swearing you know blocked out swearing and stuff so it was back to deadpool being like you know Fuck yeah, boobies and killing stuff. So that's where I think Deadpool needs to be always. And I hate how G-rated they try and make him sometimes in the comics to sell to kids, which is stupid. Marvel has a bad habit of not making their R content R. So I think 2021, 
let's get back. I think Kate's has got us on the right path. Let's get comics back to doing two slots. Let's have kids comics, adults comics, and make it very clear on whose is whose. <laughs> very quick, who wrote that Deadpool comic that you were in? I can't remember off the top of my head. Sorry. <laughs> wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be Scotty Young? Yes, it was, it was Scotty Young. It was Scotty Young. It was yeah, Scotty Young. slash artist. Yeah. Yeah, because I actually really like the Duggan run from before that, and I'm not sure how you guys feel about it. The Duggan run's what actually got me going, oh, wow, Deadpool's like actually a character. He's not just a meme on steroids. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we've got yeah, four like, minutes yeah, left. Yeah. Should we start finishing up and sign off? No other questions. It, or we could just keep talking until like it times like, out like a no, Sopranos no, type no, deal. No, 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 no other questions. Uh, no, no. All right, so what, okay, what I just want to do. Life, a, okay, so the meaning of life is this recap. So basically, we've had, uh, you know, what we uh, we've recapped on comics that we love, hate, and uh, future must reads, and uh, obviously, happy birthday to Ashraf is the big Thank the big you. thing that we wanted to get from this video. Um, that yeah. he's now 60 years old. He also looks 90. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, he will appreciate any gifts that anyone sends him. He's chasing uh, various size dildo boxes and uh, different types of tampons. Don't know why. It's just I saw his wish list. It's pretty creepy. Um, I want to quickly jump into also for the next video. I need to talk to you about this, Connor, later. But I'm hoping at some point in the next couple of videos, we can get all of us in a room and record face to face so we can see me physically punch one of you or you know react to the fact that i'm going to annoy the shit out of both of you in person yeah <laughs> we're very I'm lucky cool. that we can do that in this country I'm, where three yes. people can be in a room yeah we are where we are where we are our, our, our somehow our government which yeah. is proving to be kind of shit at their job somehow remembered to be good at their job at the worst po the best possible time <laughs> yeah that's it they're doing so the least like, amount possible and the got, fact that yeah. it's an island helps but yeah well yeah. yeah i mean to be fair if they were doing a great job we'd be new zealand right now where they yeah. can actually just have crowds again because like their fucking world leader is actually a good world leader uh, i'd also quickly like to say um there's a lot of viewers in malaysia just because i have a lot of friends there and they're uh recently going back to lockdown and i hope everyone there stays safe because i mean from what i understand the hospitals are overrun and the government is being shitty so oh okay please stay well, safe yeah. everyone yeah, yeah stay safe hey. everyone everywhere that's there yeah. and also yeah. so we've got literally like no time left so i'm going to sign off with saying thank you to everyone that does comment uh please like subscribe follow all that stuff uh, remember, if we get to a certain amount of subscribers, Ashraf and Connor are going on a date to get their nails done. If we then get another level of subscribers, Connor will then get comic thoughts written across his toes or fingers or wherever. And if we get to like a thousand subscribers, I will actually start an OnlyFans account. And if by that time that happens, OnlyFans isn't a thing, I don't know, I'll find some weird account to open and post horrific videos. And Page, pa Patreon, you can actually post non-saperwork uh, content on Patreon. Cool. It's just going to be me with my junk hanging out with toys just in front of them. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for all this. And we will see you on Twitter, Facebook and all that. Connor, make the Facebook already. All right. <laughs> oh, well, that's actually something you wanted me to do. Yeah, you were meant to do that, that as something... well. God, I didn't I realize that was something you wanted me to do. Two jobs, mate. Two jobs. Rip the audio and get that done. Ah. Okay. Gee, fuck. Okay. I'll watch watch Sam's unboxing spawn video. Yes. Get, let's get, get that, to get 2, that motherfucker to 2,000. Yeah, let's get yeah. to 2,000. Let's and get then monetized, I'll, baby. Then I'll do some weird reviews of something else. All right, let's go. Catch you later. Yeah.